0: On today's podcast, we have Holly Holland with us. She is a graphic design artist out of Birmingham, Alabama. She has been featured in Martha Stewart Weddings, Southern Living, and Town and & Country Magazine. So join me today as we celebrate Holly.
1: Hi, sweet mama.
0: Hi, Faith.
1: How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to chat with you this morning.
0: I'm, I, Of course, I'm excited because I've been like lusting after like having a conversation with you for, I don't know. How far along were you when I asked you to be on the podcast?
1: I feel like it was probably early fall that we talked at first and I just was like, I was doing November. So I was like, I just, let me get through this pregnancy. Are
0: your parents, are your parents close to you?
1: Yes, both of our pa- sets of parents live in town. We're all in Birmingham, Alabama. And um, my mom is like my best friend and we hang out all the time and I don't know what I would do without her. She's like she's like 5 minutes away. So it's That's just awesome. a bless it's a blessing with um, you know, I mean it was a blessing with one but it's now a super
0: blessing with three. So So yeah. you have Biscuit, Clementine and then Chloe. Is that right? Chloe,
1: mhm. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. You have to tell me how you came up with all these names because I'm, you know, my daughter's (laughs) name is Sailor, so I like different names.
1: Yes. Well, when I was pressed, Biscuit came, Clementine was always the name we thought we had for a girl, Um, just from like day one of being married. We loved that name, Um, influenced through Clementine Churchill. Um, And then when we had Biscuit, um, that was a really high risk pregnancy. And I also, um, I ate at this place called Alabama Biscuit that has spelt biscuits, which I can eat because I'm gluten free, but I can, I can tolerate spelt. So I would eat these biscuits like every day of pregnancy. And my mom just nicknamed the baby biscuit and we just start, like everybody started calling this baby biscuit. And so I, I felt like it just stuck and it just seemed like everything about, it just seemed like, right. And then I was uh, reading, or then I was like, I can't call this baby Biscuit and name her Clementine and not call her Clementine because that's such a beautiful name. And so I was like, well, what could Biscuit be a nickname for? And I was like, Elizabeth one of those names that has tons of cute bee Mm -hmm. nicknames. And I was like, okay, so I was looking up the name of this Elizabeth and it meant devoted to God. And I loved that. It was also like a family name. And so I was like, and I, I had done all this thinking in my head and I think my husband was on a hunting trip and he came home and I was like, okay, here's the name. And he loved it too, because he had just read Corey 10 Boone's The Hiding Place and her older sister was Elizabeth. And I think that reading that during my pregnancy, that was, that was high risk and just all the things that had been happening. It just kind of meant a lot. I think he, that book had really um, ministered to him during that time. And um, he also just loved the role model that the 10 Boone's could be. And, um, and so that is how, so she's Elizabeth Eugenia and Eugenia comes from a, a family. Um, it's another family name from the Macon side of his family. So Elizabeth Eugenia, but we call her Biscuit. I love that. Uh, so that is how her name came a- around. And then Clementine is Clementine Louise, which means merciful warrior. And that is a hundred percent who she is. She is a little merciful warrior. And, um, then Chloe, um, Camel- Ch- Chloe Camellia, like the flower is, um, our third one. And I think kind of our, I don't know, like, I think when I, the Lord really changed my heart after, I thought after Clementine I was done. And then I feel like a few years later, the Lord just really worked in my heart that like maybe our family wasn't complete. And so I was like open to having another one. And then a few months later I was pregnant. And I think I just saw like Chloe as being um, a gardener and like, like building the kingdom of God and gardening and, um, like cultivating, um, a be- like a culture of glorifying to the Lord. And, um, so that's kind of like, I wanted to have a gardening name. And then during, during the sermon one day, I was like researching baby names. Instead of listening to the sermon, I was like reading a whole list of, cause my husband always was like, what about biblical names? <laughs> and I like more like the old English type names, but I spotted Chloe in the new Testament. And then I looked up the meaning of that and it means a blossoming vine And so that is how her name came about.
0: I can't wait to see how they grow into their names.
1: I know. Well, it is, it's sweet for um, Biscuit and Clementine to already see how they have grown into that. And so I'm excited to to see. And Chloe is our most joyful, happy, giggly baby. And I, I feel like me and my husband were like more serious and we work a lot and I, we always, I think we were always talking about how we both of us need more joy. And it's been really sweet to see that. Like, I think Chloe is the joy the Lord has given us Um, just bringing us more, like being more lighthearted and not as, you know, and I think third baby too, you're like a little more easygoing. So. Right.
0: Right. He kind of let more things go. I only have one. So I'm, I'm still learning that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm however sorry. many you have you you learn things as you go
0: so I'm glad it's a struggle for you too that makes me feel better that makes me yeah. feel better well yeah. you're obviously extremely creative can we talk about how it was fostered in your childhood
1: yes okay yeah and i was i was reading through your little um all your thoughts you sent yesterday, kind of how this goes. And I love because I was like, okay, my, you're a color specialist. And my story, I think starts with color. Uh-huh. And I'm so excited to share this with you. But my mom read an article as a baby that bright colors would inspire creativity. And so she had me a bright pr- primary colored nursery with red sheets. I feel like that's kind of where it started. My mom really, she was a graphic designer and artist herself. And so I really loved so many things she did throughout my childhood, I think really built me into who I am as a designer and artist. And so, I mean, she um, taught me how to draw. And then I also just think like craftsmanship um, that she just always, everything I would do would really encourage high level of craftsmanship to do things correctly, to do them well. And then also good design. Um, she's an eye for design. I love symmetry. She loves symmetry. So I think like we have that in common, but just things she would enable in me. And then, um, you know, we had like Laura Ashley wallpaper in the house and just, um, I have so many fond memories of my childhood home and like seeing, like, I feel like can still remember the wallpaper and, just the way different things looked and the colors and everything. And I think that that also really kind of instilled into me, there's this like love of tradition. And then also like how, what you, you know, creating a beautiful home, just, um, and not that that's all there, you know, I mean, there's so many things to childhood, but I think that that me being a very visual person that just kind of connects to like my memories of childhood and who I am. And I think all that really inspired me as an artist.
0: Um, Did did you take art classes when, when you were young? I mean, what did you, did you draw with pencil? Did you draw with? uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I used all sorts of supplies. I feel like she, we always had lots of art supplies around. So I did do art classes. Like I remember doing some painting classes when I was probably like seven, eight, nine, 10 with with an art teacher and then my mom also taught me a lot um, she used a book called drawing on the right side of the brain which we both believe if anybody can draw being taught that way it's really being taught how you see things um, I think so many times people in their head think oh I'm gonna draw a person and the eyes are at the top of the head and the mouse at the bottom but then like if you actually really look and see no eyes are in the middle of the head and so just really that book really emphasizes on on looking and seeing and so she taught me to draw through that book um, and then I was always just making stuff and creative and um, I mean that was I think has always been like I think that was my playtime too it's like I would color and make things and have creative ideas um, you know so I that's just always what been something I enjoyed So, and then I also like in high school, I scrapbooked a whole lot. Yes. Um, I loved creating scrapbooks and the layouts and I would, oh my gosh, it would drive my family, especially my little my poor little sister. My mom would take us to the scrapbook store and I'd be in there for like two hours and she'd walk around like waiting on me because I would be meticulously picking out all the things for my scrapbooks. So that, Mm -hmm. it kind of manifested itself in high school in that way. And then I also did some sewing, which I still wish I could do, but I, the one thing I wish I had more time for.
0: Yeah, sewing so yeah. stuff though. That takes a whole nother segment of the brain, I think, yes. because you have <laughs> to measure and it has yes. to, for me it has to be ex- exact. And yeah. I don't I like wiggle room in my in my designs. I don't yeah. think things should be perfect, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I, there's like beauty in the imperfection. Did yeah. you did you sneak and stay up late to draw when you were little? Like instead of staying up reading, like did you draw? or?
1: (laughs) I don't know that. So um, it's actually really funny because I feel like I struggle to get my kids in bed. I mean, I feel like if we're doing good, we're in bed at nine o'clock. And like all my friends, they've got their kids in bed at seven. And I like asked my mom about it. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Holly, you were the same way. And my mom's a night owl. And she was up late. So Mm -hmm. I don't even know that I had to sneak to stay up late. We just stayed up late. And um, that's when I'm like the most creative. And like through college, I loved being up. Through the middle of the night, working on projects. So I went to Auburn and did graphic design there. So um, I spent a lot of time being up late working in the studio. That's kind of when I feel like the creative juices start really rolling for me. As being being up late, Um,
0: I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get on that roll, and I don't know how to explain it to Mm -hmm. people that don't don't function like us, but for me, when there's a hindrance or a roadblock, and I'm trying to develop something, no matter what it is, whether I'm crocheting or doing a birthday party or a tablescape or, you know, something within my home. If I have a roadblock, then that makes me be more creative. And you're mm-hmm. just like in that zone. And I just work until it's done and I, I can't stop until I get there. And so I would do that too. I would just stay up late working on whatever it was. Obviously I love artists. So, um, but I'm not, I'm not like you guys. I mean, oh my gosh, your art is amazing. I mean, when was the first time you sold something? Do you remember?
1: Probably that? in high school. I know I was um, commissioned to do a couple of paintings for some friends in high school. Um, actually, the the one of the ones I remember, the family I babysat for, um, it was two daughters. And the father commissioned me to do a painting for each of his daughters. So that was really sweet. Um, so I did that and then I'm trying to think, I think, you know, I always probably had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit too, because sometimes I actually think I'm maybe more of an entrepreneur than I am an artist, like deep in my heart, but i like, I'm both for sure, but I get really excited about, and I think that is how branding ties so beautifully into being art because I'm getting to create art to help other businesses. And so I love, I love that. And I also remember I, I would sew Beanie Baby sleeping bags little sleeping oh. bags for people's beanie babies I remember sewing those and I sold those in high school um so That's those are funny. those are some specific things I can remember that I created and sold and That's then funny. um yeah and then I know you know I did graphic design in college and I think I did some internships and then um I also I had I so I, I do calligraphy
0: I was gonna say where you're in and where did you learn how to do calligraphy yeah
1: I al- I've always had an uh, like I've always loved calligraphy and I remember there was a um, I was standing in the Bruno's grocery store and there was a magazine cover for Gourmet magazine it had this um, and the artist's name was Elvis Swift he had done all this calligraphy and I found this out later that he was Elvis Swift at that time I just was like I love this magazine and I was like mom buy me this magazine and I that magazine cover just so inspired me. And then when I was in college doing my senior project, I was like, I would love to use calligraphy as a part of this project and like a a copper plate, beautiful calligraphy. And so I found a teacher here in Birmingham that was teaching and took over Christmas break. And that's kind of where the calligraphy journey began. And I also was really interested at the end of college in stationery and wedding invitations, And I, and you know, at the end of college, all your friends are getting married. So I would help them design all their wedding stationery. And that kind of launched me into, so a good 10 years of my business was in the wedding stationery world. And that's kind of where I think I really honed calligraphy skills. And then I also, as I was building my business, taught calligraphy classes for a long time as well. Um, And those were kind of, I think this calligraphy and wedding are kind of like pre- pre baby stages of my business. I did weddings well into having children, but I feel like each child I had, I kind of had to pivot my business of what works really well. Like what, what would work well for me to work at home with the kids. And so, um, so I did weddings. I also feel like I kind of got to where I had done creatively, like all the different weddings that I wanted to, like I had been able to do a couple that were in France and at different islands and all over the States. And So I feel like I had creatively done all the things uh, I had wanted. And so it just kind of seemed like a good, like I was just kind of ready to move on. And also since I had studied graphic design and I had always loved um, branding and logo design while I was in school. And I had continually done that on like along with the wedding suites and invitations, but I just shipped in my business where that was the dominant part of my business. And that also worked really well as my family
0: was growing. I would love to know how you met your husband.
1: So we um, both grew up here in Birmingham and actually both grew up at the same church and same, we went to the same school for a while too, but I didn't never really knew him. I knew his younger sister who was in my grade and then coming back to Birmingham, um, I went to the church. I had always grown up at and um, he was the college pastor there. And I was looking around for somewhere like to kind of serve and volunteer. And I know that um, my college ministry at Auburn. I went to RUF, had really um, ministered and played a huge role in my life. And so I was like, okay, I want to volunteer with the college students. And so me and another friend, we would help um, Charlton, that's my husband, we would help him plan. He didn't actually have like a girl on staff at the time. So we would help plan all his like events for the college students. And we just got to know each other that way. And I feel like we are who would he make a good husband for? Cause I was reading this Elizabeth Elliott book. And I think this was the Lord working in my heart that like, yeah. this was who the Lord had for me, but I was so not interested at all. <laughs> and I, I actually that. like kept trying to avoid him asking me on a date. And what, what's really funny too, is I feel like he had always taken dating so seriously. And his dad had encouraged him like, just take a girl out for fun. Like don't let it be serious. So I was just the girl he picked because I was, like, kind of this – he thought I was this, like, crazy artist. And on our first date, I was wearing, like, teal tights and, like, these huge white sunglasses and this <laughs> red sweater and gold shoes. And he was, like, "You looked like a walking, you know, rainbow. So, anyway, but it, it was just funny because I feel like we weren't really super attracted to each other other than, like, I mean, I think how our heart was with the Lord and then how that just grew us together. But um, that's how we met.
0: And, um, and then I- we – I love Elizabeth Elliot.
1: Yes, I know. I do too. And um, I think her book just really, I think, spoke to me of what maybe in college I had been looking for in a, in a guy and then it really convicted me of like that not being biblically sound and how, what scripture calls us to look for in a husband. And so I think she, he really used her to direct my eyes in the right way. And so it's funny now because I felt like we were so opposites when we began dating. And now that we're in, we've been through life, you know, we're I think coming up on 13 years this year. Um, I can but we are so like the same person and equally yoked and it's, it's just, it's been beautiful and wonderful. Um, so anyway, but yes, that's how, that's how we met. We, okay. So we got married and then I was working in advertising and I was working like at my job, I was working on like, hospital brand guides and things for banks and it wasn't like super creatively inspiring and so I would come home at night and I would take on freelance work and so Charlton was like okay something's got to give like you go to work all day and you work all night and um and so I thought I was just going to end up giving up freelance and then I saw this like advertisement for a part-time job working in a little boutique in Mount Brook village and they would pay $20 an hour. And I was like, Oh, if I did that little part-time job, that would like meet the financial needs. Like if I did that so many hours a week, that would meet our financial needs. I need to contribute to the family. And then I could freelance. And so I left my full-time job in advertising and took this little part-time job and began freelancing. And within three months I had replaced my salary that I was making at, in my job in advertising and was able to leave the part-time job. And I also, I think I, you know, always knew like when I had kids that I'd want to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, we homeschool the girls and I've always, I homeschooled as well in high school. So I kind of had a desire that I'd want to do that. So I wanted to really learn the ins and outs of my business and how to make it work and go through the like really hard, parts of starting a business before having kids. And so I was able to do my business for um, five years before we had biscuit. And so that was really great to just kind of learn and go through some of the really hard stuff, (laughs) learn boundaries and learn how much work to take on and how much, and I still feel like I'm learning, you know, with baby three, but I feel like that was really thankful. I was able to have that foundation before having kids. Um, So since I've had my girls, I've been able to stay home with them and then, um, and do my work from home with them. And I've loved being able to do that.
0: Is your husband um, still in the ministry?
1: So he, right after, so actually about the same time, a year after we had gotten married. um, And what's kind of crazy too, I've said, I meant to say that story too, is it just fascinates me that he was like, sure, you can do that. Leave your job and start your own business. But then soon after that, he went from um, ministry into teaching. And so he um, is a, for 10 years was a Bible teacher at the Christian school associated with the church. And then just this past year, he moved to, into the role as curriculum director. Um, So I still feel like that's very much ministry teaching Bible at a Christian school. And it's also been kind of why it was important, like, you know, wanting to have a second income since he was a teacher. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: knowing I'd still want to be able to, to to contribute in that way. And also my need for creativity. Like if I wasn't doing this business, I would be applying my creativity somewhere else. So I might as well be making some money at it. Um, And so, yes, if that's, um, I still, yes, I feel like that's kind of still a a ministry like job, but not, not in a pastoral role.
0: I feel like you should be famous.
1: (laughs) well my mom my mom thinks I am and it's kind of actually embarrassing she like she's like oh this is Holly she's she's famous because like I'm on Instagram and have you know I have I feel like I have a good following for what I need but like it's funny because I'm like no mom that's not really famous on Instagram yet but it's cute mom moms are always our biggest cheerleaders and she wants to she she likes to tell
0: people I'm famous I'm like oh no I'm mom I'm not Well, when I think of you you and your designs, you know, I also think of Laura Ashley and then, you know, just like, just with any kind of name branding, like Ralph Lauren and things like that, like Holly Holland, it just rolls off your tongue (laughs) and your designs are fresh and detailed and elegant and new, but they have like this nostalgic, like reverence for the past. And I don't know how to explain it. It's, It's very elegant.
1: Well, you, you like could have not complimented me more perfect because saying yeah. that I have that nostalgic reverence, like that is my goal in designing. Like I, the idea of nostalgia and the days, eras gone by inspired are probably one of the biggest things that inspire me. And so, I uh, thank you. Those were, those were very kind words. Since that's exactly oh, what I hope that my work achieves. Well, um, good. It yeah.
0: Yes. I think it and, it, and it's, and it's classy and timeless. I don't think you're going to look at it and go, Oh, that's out of date. I, I, yeah. mean, not been, I mean, you've been in Southern living. You've been in, you've been in a ton of magazines.
1: Yes. I've had a couple opportunities to, to do some things with Southern living and, um, I did like a collaboration with them in Dillard's um, it was, that was many years ago. We did um, some fall plates. That was really fun. And then um, the local magazines here in Birmingham, I've had some features there. And then um, back, you know, at my last wedding that I ever did, it was this beautiful, and it was my favorite one, but um, she was getting married in Switzerland and um was, So that wedding got featured on Martha Stewart online. And I was like, okay, my last wedding, I made it to Martha Stewart. Cause I always feel like that was like a huge, (laughs) like career dream was to, to be featured. Um, And so it was on featured online. I feel like those are my, I don't know if there's anything else.
0: I know. Those are big things. I mean, Southern living alone. I mean, not every girl's dream or at least every Southern girl's dream is to have their home or their art or their business in Southern
1: Living. Yes. Yes. It okay. is. Yes. But and my my mom worked for Southern Living. Um she was worked for the magazine as a and did the layouts um uh, back in the I guess this was in the eighties. So um Southern Living's always been something that's special in our home.
0: How did you get into watercolors?
1: So I really am not I would not say I'm like a formally trained watercolorist. (laughs) I kind of end up just using watercolor to, so I do all my artwork with my calligraphy pen um, and use this black Sumi ink. And I love the line quality it gives. You get these beautiful thicks and thins. And so I do all everything in like black and white ink. And then I kind of just do these watercolor washes that fill the space behind it. Um, I have taken a couple of watercolor lessons um, before I had biscuit, um, there was a man in my, in my church and he, he, um, he was an older man and he taught watercolor and he had a couple of, um, these sweet little old ladies from our church and the watercolor class. And so like on Tuesday mornings, we would go to a watercolor class at Charlie's house. And that was me. And my mom would go and a sweet. So I've had a little bit more formal training through him. Um, but I don't really know that I feel like I'm a true watercolor artist. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just, just, just having paints out. And one thing I love, um, I think I'm pronounced, I hope I pronounced this right, but Sennelier is a French brand of art supplies and I love their watercolors. And I think when I, that was one, a big thing for, I think a lot of creating good art it starts with having really good supplies. Like I feel like that's, that's already helping you out a ton. And I remember when I got the palette of Sennelier paints and they're expensive. I think my my palette of them, it's probably between two and $300. But when I got that, all of a sudden it was like, I felt like colors came to life more in painting because their pigments are so pure and so good. And then nothing like, I mean, definitely nothing like, like a Crayola paint palette, but even some of like the Windsor Newton don't even compare to the Sennelier. So that was something that was kind of, um, mind blowing to me as a watercolor artist. When I Um, was able to get those paints. Um, And, you know, since you love color and everything, it's like when you paint with that, the colors are vivid in no way like they are with, uh, you know, some of the other brands of watercolor paints. So um, there's a little watercolor tip that that paper and brushes. So using like a true Sable brush, I use um, Windsor Newton series seven brushes, but that and the paints, it really like I felt like some things I had always wanted to achieve in watercolor that I couldn't like all of a sudden were achievable because I was using like good supplies. So,
0: elevate it.
1: Invest in good supplies. Yeah.
0: So it elevated your work.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Is- yes. And I think it, I, I think it not only elevated it, but it also simplified it for me too. Like made it easier. Like. I just have like a couple, I don't have a ton of brushes. I just have a couple of brushes, but they're the right ones. And then I have the palette where the the pigments are like, I don't squeeze out tubes and have to mix, which I feel like was just adding another step of layer of time and effort. I just flip over this little palette. All the colors are right there. I just paint straight from that, so I feel like that. So just made it easier too to just dive in and start working instead of feeling like I had to get set up and I had to mix colors and squeeze them out of the tubes and everything. So that was something else about it. it also, some it just simplified things.
0: Do you do you paint? or draw or do calligraphy every day or do you just do it when you're inspired or you have an assignment like what is your being a mother of three young girls what is your day-to-day like with
1: yeah well I'm right now I'm definitely 90% mother and 10% working and I'm definitely trying to um I told my husband I was like I think baby three I'm like, we really have children now. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't think I felt like I had children like with one and two. Like, I mean, I know I did, but I don't feel like it, it did not, I feel like alter my life as much. And like three, I'm like, I feel like we are like, this is game changer. Like I'm a mama now. <laughs> so I don't even think before children that I necessarily painted every day or just painted when I felt inspired. I never was really driven in that way, but the assignment always really drove me and the clients, was, the client's always been my most where I'm inspired. And so um, and even like when I create some uh, artists with Dogwood, when I create my suites for Dogwood, I have to make up an imaginary client and kind of give them a story to help give me the inspiration to do it. So tasks and assignments, a client really drive me and give me inspiration. And so I feel like I work, you know, I don't I don't re- I rarely create something. Right now, just to be like for the fun of creating it, and I wish maybe I had more time to do that, but I know that will come one day. It will come, Um, yeah. And so, but right now, everything is tasked by an assignment, and then, um, sketch like so. I think sketching is probably the biggest or the most important part of what you do, like that's kind of where it starts, and that's kind of the biggest hurdle. Like, once I can get through the sketches, I'm like well on my way with the project, and so that's actually something I can so easily do with the children. We do a ton. I have them. I have them painting and sketching and drawing all the time. Like I would say, that's a part of their daily life. And so, while they're coloring and doing things, like I get my paper out and I can start sketching on a project, and it actually really helps me to sketch with them because it gets my my mind isn't so locked on in on the project that it kind of loosens me up that to be engaged with them, but also be kind of loosely sketching and start thinking about a project. So, um, and a lot of, and now it's really fun because they know like, Oh, mom's sketching logos. I want to sketch logos. And so I'll tell biscuit, like, here's what the project's about. And I'm like, I'm working with tulips. The client loves tulips or something, or, you know, I'll give her something and then she'll like make some sketches. And it's been really sweet to start to kind of build this little,
0: like see her want to work alongside of me. It makes it playful. And you know what? Your daughters inspire you and they'll, I know with Sailor Kate from the time she was little, if I had to make a design choice, even about fabric, the fabric in our kitchen, like we have a kitchen nook that has a window seat. And we got a window seat, you know, cushion made for it. And I needed to get fabric. And so I took Sailor Kate with me to make the selections. I think she was probably four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And I, I know what I like, but I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing anything that was just speaking to me. And lo and behold, she chose a twall that had birds in it. And it. it I, she said, Mama, I like this one. And I said, okay, let's get it. And I've actually let her make choices and guided her. Yeah direction to encourage that in her so yeah I, I
1: love that that's that's so special I love when the girls have been a part of which I won't let them go I really won't let them do their room or it would end up like all unicorns <laughs> and yeah. we're not going there but but I love for them to be a part of like asking them about the house or what they like and it's funny too I have these like plates hanging on the wall in my dining room and like from an early age because it would be like She's always thought they needed to switch; that they're not hanging right. Yeah. And it cracks me up how she critiques what I do, or how she will like want to rearrange. Um, so she definitely has a little eye for design. So that's really fun. That's been a part of your daughter's life.
0: Well, and she'll like always
1: have that memory of remembering that towel and that she picked that out with you.
0: Yes, and she also picked out we've. I, I love going treasure hunting, and so I don't get to do I don't do it now near as much as I used to. However, Sailor Kate goes with me when I go to estate sales on the weekends, and I always tell her pick something out and I'll buy it because I want her to want to go. And what kid doesn't want stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she loves jewels, but she has picked out two pieces of art and then um, some kind of it's not needlepoint, but it's some kind of you know embroidery work. And I had it framed, so she picked it oh, out. Oh, sweet! She picked it out for her own bedroom, and I told her mm-hmm. that I loved it so much. It had to—I I put it somewhere in the house. Yeah. So Aww. and then I put the artwork up. So I really, I I hope that I'm fostering a sense of love. Yes. Of um, home and transformation for her, and I know you're doing yeah. that.
1: For yeah, I love that. I think that's so special, and just, um, I think our culture—we kind of lost, I think, a love. I think we still have it in the South, but just overall too, like how to build a home and things like cooking and t- taking care of your home and all that. So I love that being a part of our daily life and fostering those, those types of things. So
0: well, of like playfulness, can we talk about your designs that you've done in the past for bubble stockings? Because yeah. I missed your pink nutcracker and the boxwood wreath with the blue bow on it and stuff. So, and I'm yeah. those out. but you
1: okay I have googled and there's different shops around the country that still have those in stock so you may come across one one day
0: okay well if you see yes. one uh, see
1: yes one. <laughs> you know because every now and then I'll come across that somebody still has some of those in stock so don't don't lose hope that you won't ever find one of those so well, you meet Kate Stewart how did y'all get connected to? So actually how it kind of all got connected is Kate was at, um, market in high design with dogwood and she saw like all my, she loved all my different designs that she was seeing at dogwood and got my contact, um, through Jennifer and reached out to me. And when she did, I think this was like right after Clementine was born it was like, there's no way I can design. Like I put so much. So right now I'm going through my designs for Dogwood Hill for Christmas. Um, I just started that. But like that is a huge part of my year um, creating those. And I just didn't feel like I was like, I don't have anything else to give Kate to, to create stockings. And it was pretty, I think it was pretty close. Like she would need designs pretty quick. And then I thought, well, like she, she came to me through Dogwood. I was like, wonder if I could use some of my Dogwood artwork for her stockings. And so asked Jennifer, she would be okay with that. And so it's kind of a collaboration through the three of us So the first year. Um, so this, so we just took artwork from my best, like from my best selling pieces at Dogwood, um, we selected artwork and what was great is we already knew this artwork sells well, like it was selling well at Dogwood. So hopefully that will sell well on the stockings. And they did like, I think they just, I mean, they the cells were, um, I think through the roof with those little stockings, people were crazy about them. So that was really fun. And so that was, um, year we added a couple of more. And then I think, you know, the third year, I'm sure people were like, why is Holly have all the dogwood stockings? And I think it was just kind of, you know, because Kate did approach me, but I had like, Jennifer, can we use this artwork? But then year three, they did like a whole collaboration and had multiple dogwood artists featured on the stockings. Um, so, and then I know Just recently, she launched the large stockings because she had so many requests. I think just across the board for all her stockings, people were wanting those designs. It's hard to find needlepoint stockings. Um, Just this year for Chloe, my other two girls have a needlepoint stocking. And I was trying, like this year, I feel like it got even harder trying to find large ones. So finding one for Chloe. um, So I think she just had a lot of demand for the large stockings. And she just launched those um, earlier this year.
0: Well, it's hard to find them in those sweet, soft, romantic colors.
1: Yes, yes.
0: I don't want red and Christmas green. Yes,
1: most of them are very traditional Christmas. And I think that's why people love them because they still felt holiday, but they had like colors that would really go in your home and work with your decor. Uh, You know, with the blues and the greens and then the pink that was really soft and everything. So
0: can we talk about? Can we talk about your relationship with Dogwood Hill and what you do for them and and all that good stuff? Because yeah, I love so Dogwood Hill.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. That's um. So Jennifer Hunts, the owner, and this was actually okay, this was before before I had kids. I think it was the year before I had Biscuit. But she had this idea. She could not find online a ready-made card that she could order that had like i think you know tiny prints and mentored were huge but all the cards i think looked more
0: modern and she really wanted something that had no no let's let's just say they were ugly (laughs) they were not i wanted something sweet and classy or preppy or yeah and i
1: think she really wanted like that bespoke feel of the artwork (laughs) of the watercolor artwork and stuff and so she um approached And,
0: and they and they look um I don't want to say expensive, but they, they look nice. They don't yes. look cheap. It doesn't look yes. like something everybody got, you know, anywhere.
1: Yeah. There. Yeah. And that was the goal. I think the goal was to create what looks like a custom card that would not be a custom process right. um, for Christmas cards. And so it all started with Christmas cards. And so she approached me, Um, because she had loved some of the Christmas cards I had been doing. She had followed that and seen that we met at um, actually a church event called Christmas at the Caroline house that my church puts on. And, um, and so anyway, she had this, she's an entrepreneur and she had this idea to create this ready-made card line that looked like it was custom, but wasn't custom. And so um, I helped in that first year I did her branding and then I was um, also helped her select different artists. I just, me being in the art world, I knew a ton of the different artists that were creating stationery and cards. So we brought a collective of artists together and launched, um, I mean, she launched Dogwood Hill, but I was her first creative director. And that's kind of how it got started. And then, um, so I was with her, I think, as the creative director for, I think it was probably about four or five years. I can't, I don't know how exactly how long, but I think just as You know, more life for me kicked in with kids and everything. So then the creative director role um, went to Lucy, who was one of the designers under me. She moved up into the creative director role. And then now I'm just an artist with Dogwood, which means I submit my like my artwork. And um, so you can shop all my cards and designs on Dogwood Hill. And um, so that's a so I have branding that I do. And I only take a couple of clients a year doing my branding, but, um, I love having the dog with Hill because when I get a lot of inquiries now for wedding invitations or personal pieces, I can direct them there. And I'm like, this is the best of my work over here, um, to shop, you know? So like, I think you'll get something better at dogwood than if I made it custom for you. So I direct people there now when they're looking for, for something special, like, you know, baby, baby announcements or a shower invite, that kind of thing.
0: So, what are you doing right now? We're just we're getting into motherhood, getting into the routine of three babies and
1: and,
0: yes. <laughs> and, and, and what? I mean, you got your hands full right now.
1: Yes, I do. So, uh, right after having Chloe, I had a couple of jobs where I did um, some logos. And then, um, then we took a big route of being like, I feel like all of February we were sick. And so, then after that, we, My girls got lice. And so I feel like I kind of had this hiatus of like, we were sick and had lice. And so now this past week, I have been diving back into getting back on track with my work. And I am currently in the midst of of Christmas. Like, it's like, yes, we had Easter, but I am working on Christmas. So um, I have been doing all my Christmas designs for this upcoming holiday season. And then once I get those wrapped up, I'll have the rest of the year, I'll just have a couple of branding jobs that I'm really excited about have some really fun clients, um, which, which is exciting because I think when you want to be with your kids and like, I'm like, Oh, I've got to go work, but it, like, it is exciting. I get to go work on something I'm really inspired to do and excited about. Um, so I'm very excited about some of my clients for the rest of the year. And, um, let's see where, I mean, I I'm homeschooling the girls. So we have like a month left of that. So I'm wrapping that up right now. And then ready for, I think summertime has just gotten really fun. The ages biscuit will be seven clementine will be um five this summer and I think now that they've kind of hit that age it just makes summertime really fun so we have a beach trip planned um it'll be our first we've been to the beach like with our extended family but this is gonna be like our very first just our family beach trip so I'm very excited for that this summer
0: do y'all go to orange beach or (laughs) Florida and head down to like 30 a
1: yeah we'll be on 30 a we love 30a and that area and so we will be i think it's like i mean the dream would be like i want to be right in seaside love I've, oh i love seaside
0: oh God. Um, I ever know. since i was
1: a little girl but we will be down 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 a little bit from that it's now gotten so crowded but it's still it's still charming but yes we'll be on 30a
0: i need we'll talk about where y'all are staying off off the air because, um, I'm, my daughter so badly wants to go to Florida. That's her request. We always go to orange beach it's so easy and and know know where to eat and where to go. And there's lots of room and it's, it doesn't, when we go, it's not congested or anything. Yeah. uh, Okay. Well,
1: here's, here's my little tip that a friend shared with me that I kept, I was just looking on VRBO and I just was like, the prices were blowing me out of the water. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe how much this is. And so then I just started asking around some friends and then actually I asked Jennifer, Jennifer who owns dogwood is a very savvy traveler. And I was like, she's always going on great trips. And I feel like mentions like she gets great deals and things. And she mentioned to look through Airbnb and I had not even been on Airbnb's website. And I went and there were so many more options that were budget friendly for 30 a versus VRBO. So
0: there's my tip is weird, to look at Airbnb. They're <laughs> so, owned by the same company because one bought the other. Are out. they?
1: Well, I guess some people maybe just list on Airbnb. So I feel like a lot of people list on both, but I felt like there were more listings I had not ever seen on VRBO on my, Airbnb. Uh,
0: so, my sister, yeah, so, um, She said, she kind of did what you were talking about. She kind of went outside the box to look. And when we stayed in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, she just found just like Googled places and went to the actual like company that Mm -hmm. was versus because it saved her so much money on cleaning fees and stuff. Their place that they stayed at was, I mean, 50 times more amazing than we where we stayed. And um, I'm going to let Meredith book everything from here on out.
1: Yeah. No, you're like, I know some people are just really good with like travel and like, finding deals or like knowing the right places and everything. So that's I know. something I haven't grown into. My mom always, you know, planned everything and we like did a great job. And we um, like growing up a couple of times, like my family heritage is German. And so we would go over there and um, she would, um, I don't know, just plan like the best trips and it was fun. So hopefully we'll get to now do that some for my family, but it's like a, something I need to grow in a skill, learning how to be a savvy traveler. <laughs> Well, I would love to
0: change gears just a little bit and talk yeah. about colors in your home because yes. I, I got them all pulled up. <laughs> I spot a beautiful pink wall in your house and I need to know the colors. Yes. Okay. So
1: starting on the outside, um, our home is a mid-century ranch, which was kind of always my dream. I love mid-century and love ranch style architecture, um, like all one level and um. So we painted Swiss coffee. And it was really funny is our ha- our house faces north, which means white can get really cool. And I was like, I don't want my house to look blue. And I just remember I drove around town because I, like, got online and researched all this, like, things about colors and, like, how the white can change depending on which way your house faces. <laughs> so You're anyway. So You're
0: so good because I do this every day for a living. You do. Like, I know. That's, like, your thing to do. Well, but I don't – I mean, if I – paid attention to like what direction the house was facing where I'm at or whatever. I don't know. I just get to the house. I just know what I want to pull and I pull it and it works or well, your, do something your, else.
1: Your I, eye probably knows now, but I just was like, yeah. I want to make sure cause I knew I, wa- I didn't want it to be like overly creamy. I knew I wanted it to feel white and crisp. I was just like, I just don't want it to get cool. So anyway, so we landed on Swiss coffee and I've been really happy with that. And then our, front door is Vienna green. And then actually that was our screen door. And when you open it, then you have our inside doors, Monticello peach. And this is so funny, but like, I feel like if I can find a historical connection to any thing, I can sell my husband on it. Like <laughs> we're registering for China. I really love this one pattern. And I was like, um, was like my head blue canton and I was showing my husband he didn't really love it I was like and then I like found some connection like George Washington this was like he had this like my husband like okay that's great so anyway I had found this color I loved Monticello peach which is a coral I was like so when I found it and I flipped over the card and it said Monticello peach I was like I got my historical connection (laughs) (laughs) he'll be sold on it Um, which I think after like two girls he finally just knew like
0: it's and about. he really,
1: he loves everything I do in the home. So now I really kind of just do whatever and he's happy with it. But it, it was funny when I was like, I want to paint the front door mm-hmm. coral. Um, okay. So then you come inside and then we have a Tebow wallpaper that's called Ting Wan, if I pronounced that right. And it's got greens and corals and it's a creamy background and a little bit of blue and the moment I saw it, I just knew I will love that forever. I would never get tired of it. And so um, it is just like my happiest little place. And I know you said you're going to need my headshot. So when the headshot I send you, it's the background of my headshot. But I love, I feel like the wallpaper is so on brand. Another thing I wanted to achieve in our home was the home is a a I think it's either late 50s or 60s home, but it's a ranch. It's a mid-century. I don't really love when model in a way that takes it out of the era like I really want to keep things that feel true to the era of the home so the wallpaper like the sample I had in hanging up like everybody's thought like oh is this wallpaper always been here it feels like it's always been there and so I love that about it as well Um, and then our um, so the wallpaper leads into our big main room, which has um, a very mid century fireplace and paneling the V group paneling, which I love. And we did white dove for that. And then that leads over into like our huge family room with the kitchen and all of that is cream puff. And these are, I think, I think these are all Benjamin Moore colors. Um, Cream puff is the pink and it's like the most perfect pink because it's it's very light, but it's definitely pink. But it's not like you feel like, oh, I'm in a pink room. Right. Um, it's but really,
0: cream. Yeah, it's really soft and elegant. Mm-hmm. And it's cream like bubblegum pink. It has like a little bit of a coral undertone to it. Yes.
1: Or- yes, it does. So- yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was important to me because I definitely err on liking more peachy coral pinks rather than the pink that would maybe be more like a mauve. Right. So, yes. Yes. So, and then we actually have like pink and orange rugs. It's just like any, a lot of times when I post it, people are like, where's that rug from? But they're these cheap rugs. They were a hundred dollars each from target and they're outdoor rugs, but they work They're so colorful and they kind of, I love the pattern in them, but they work great for having kids because now I feel like. Like it was a hundred dollar rug. One day I'll be able to get nice rugs when the kids are older, but it works perfect now for little kids. So, and the nice thing is, is my husband can take them outside and hose them down since they're outdoor rugs. Um, So there's pink on the, there's pink on the floors too. And then the kitchen's pink as well. And then we also did all the bathrooms in cream puff, because I think i read one time and I also felt like I experienced it, but like that having pink in the bathroom makes you feel prettier and makes you look prettier. So I, ever since then, I'm like pink bathrooms are the way to go. Um,
0: so. Yes. If you want to have that nice, like glow to your face, do. Yes. That.
1: Yeah. So our bathrooms are the same. And then um, peel green is a deep green and we have our guest bedroom. Well, what was our guest bedroom slash my husband's study is peel green. So since the whole house is like pink and light and bright I was like I wanted my husband to kind of have like a space that did feel like his little man space mm-hmm. so and so that we painted pill green but then when Chloe came we have a three-bedroom house So when Chloe came along well, we needed room for Chloe so that became Chloe's room but I didn't really necessarily want to repaint this really dark green room so Chloe has the dark green room but I just have added we got her a brass crib and then the dresser I got painted. I love red and green together, but like not in a Christmassy way, like in that old, like in an English way. Right. So she has this dresser that we painted. Like, it's like a really bright corally red Yes, feels very traditional with the brass hardware, and then I have a huge William Morris poster that's floral above her crib. So I feel like what I did is I just tried to like girly up. Oh, and then a Liberty of London crib sheet that's like a goldy color. So it's, it's yeah. actually like I feel like it's so chic and sophisticated for a baby.
0: Like I love that it's not babyish. So you I just,
1: think it might be my favorite nursery for all my for all my girls. So
0: William Morris, I love that. I mean, you just named two two designers that I can totally see
1: in Yeah. You.
0: yeah. And who was the other one you just said? Liber- Liberty, Liberty yeah. Fabrics.
1: Yeah. So that's her little corner in the Peel Nursery. And then our other two bedrooms are actually, I don't like the color, but they're simply white. And I don't really like simply white. And I think it's because I always, my eye sees a, a yellow undertone, but I, other people I know use it and love it. But for some reason, our bedrooms are simply white that I have, goals one day I really want to paint our room um, a dark green not like too dark but um, I love that there's a pharaoh and ball green Uh, maybe uh, breakfast room green that like people love something like that and then for the girls room I have hopefully one day we'll be able to I'm, want to design a wallpaper to put in their room. So that's kind of like a, hopefully I will get to that sooner than later and like actually let them be a part of that too. Like what, what flowers and things do you want in your wallpaper design? So I'm hoping I'll be able to design them a wallpaper and, and do that in their room. So that's my, my house goals.
0: <laughs> you will. Somebody's yeah. going to continue to create some wallpaper and your children will inspire you and then they'll put it up in in your house for you for free because it's going to be photo shoot and southern living I mean
1: (laughs) yes that hopefully that's there you go there's there's the dream
0: (laughs) (laughs) living the dream yes yeah yeah um so what's coming up next for you well
1: um I don't really know that there's anything I think you know this year is just the year of getting used to getting adjusted with three. So I've kind of kept things with my work pretty um, just not too many projects. I definitely have, um, I think I have like four more for the year, but I kind of space them out like every other month. Um, So I've got those projects and, um, but other than that, I don't think I have anything new. I'm just um, enjoying being a mom and getting to be creative on the
0: side and excited for summer coming up. So I think that shows real wisdom, though, because you have to you know, people think just because we're creative and it's easy for us to it because it is easy to be creative for me. And I'm sure it is for you. But when you have to um, do a project, it's not just what you're you're seeing and your vision. You have a whole nother set of people that you work with to get to where where their thoughts are. And it, there's a lot of back and forth, I'm sure. Yeah. That,
1: Yes. 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 And I, and I think too, my, th- at the end of the day, just, you know, that client being satisfied and loving what I created and having a good experience, that's really important. That makes it where I don't want to overbook how many projects I have and um, want to allow enough breathing. I think it's really funny, but the like more <laughs> I do this, you'd think I get quicker, but I feel like I end up spending like longer and just pouring more into each project. So I always want to make sure I allow a really good amount of time
0: to, to work, to walk through each step with the client. So everything's very customized and you can tell it like they yes. don't look alike. So yes.
1: it's, I really strive for that, that each project is individual and
0: really tailored
1: for each client
0: into um, their story. And that's really where you, your business is is where you do the business. Like that's where it is. It, I mean, so if somebody wanted to um, reach out to you and inquire about your services, how would they, you know, contact you?
1: Yeah. Well, one is um, I have a, my website, it's holly, H O L L Y Holland, H O L L O N.com. But there's an inquiry form there. I love getting the inquiry form because it gives me just a little bit of information about your project before I ever respond, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's a great way, or just directly emailing me. Um, I'm also on Instagram. So if you just want to say, hey, Instagram's a great place to do that. But if you are inquiring about a project, I like it to come to my email because sometimes DMs get lost,
0: you know. I do, so don't realize you'll get a text message or you'll get a facebook message or an instagram message but once you open it it's Then gone. you can't
1: go yes i know and it's like
0: you don't get I that to, b- yes so.
1: cuz i i'm the one i leave emails unanswered as mm-hmm. my like oh go back in mm-hmm. like yes. and, and answer that so i know that's I, the one problem with dms so yes. <laughs> anyway i yeah.
0: told people if you want me to focus and tackle you need to email me because that's my to-do list. Yes. Text same here. And I accidentally open it and then I get followed up with 10 other people that text message me, plus my appointments, plus anything I'm doing with the pod. I mean, it can get buried and I'll forget. So just send me an email and that's like my to-do list. And then yeah. it or file it when it's done. Yeah. 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 Same. Same here. So. Yeah. So your website is hollyholland.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, my first
1: and last name. And then my Instagram name is Holly C. C is in my maiden name, Cook Holland. Mm-hmm. Holly C. Holland. But it's really funny. People think I'm Holly Challen. So I will get things nope. in the yeah. mail. Like every now and then, when someone will want to send me something, <laughs> I, I'm guilty of it. It'll be the Holly Challen, which is like <laughs> totally fine. But it tickles me because I like never thought of that until like the first time it happened. But Holly C. Holland's my Instagram. And yeah, so I take on branding. Branding projects are all I do on commission based right now. Like, like I mean, on like if you come to me and I'm working with you, all I do right now is branding projects. But if you have um, wedding invitations, Christmas cards, stationery, anything oh. like that, you can shop um, all and you can go to my website and I have a page at the top called Dogwood Hill, so you can see all my designs available at Dogwood, and then you can just purchase those directly through them. Um, so
0: pretty. I I love well i love everything that you do and i love what hill what they offer and they have 30 different artists to choose from yes
1: they have so, so i mean their little artist base has grown so much i think mean, i think this year will be maybe their eighth year Eighth year? i i i've lost track there are two you know oh, yeah they're one year older than my daughter so this is th- this will be their eighth year and they have 30 different artists and so there's just um A lot of fun things on their website to choose from.
0: Well, my goal is to one day hire you to do all the branding and stuff. I'm not sure yet, but um, well,
1: when you're when you're (laughs) ready, I will be so excited to work with you, Faith.
0: I love everything you do. Like I said, it's elegant. Oh, it's so elegant. I can't wait to. My mom listens to the podcast, and so I can't wait for her to hear hear your episode and then look you up because she will. Oh, I that's mean, sweet one. Well, we grew up with, the, I grew up in the Laura Ashley era. Uh-huh. So my mom wore all those dresses. and Yes. Yep. Did you ever
1: have a mother and mother daughter matching dress? Um,
0: you know, I don't remember if we did because, you know, it was one of those things. There was four kids and my mom oh, was a mom. And that so, is so
1: hard. Match, like matching is like, I'm like, that gets expensive. Like the more yeah. kids you have. so.
0: Well, you know what it's like nowadays uh, for adults to buy like a Sue Sartor dress, but could you imagine like buying all those for your children? Like, yes. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yep. Laura Ashley was the creme de la creme in the yeah. 80s. So yeah. you wanted that. But so mama got Laura Ashley and then every once in a while we would get one, but you know, we also had, there was someone at church and my mom would barter with her and she would uh-huh. sew dresses and my mom would decorate cakes and do her birthday parties. Uh-huh. So. i love
1: it that's that's the best <laughs> yeah
0: she, it was really great so i love that's that weird.
1: yeah i think my mom i I, we, I know i had a couple of matching outfits to her and i think she actually sewed those from laura ashley patterns um some of the matching pieces well, outfits we had so Ashley and is, i think my i think my dad even had a tie one time so like we all matched oh. <laughs> which i i love <laughs> oh that
0: uh that liberty of london is easy to do anytime if i go Anywhere, and I see their fabrics. I'm always going, oh, you yeah. know. I
1: know. I love their fabrics so much. And my one of um, Mary and Crew. I don't know if you follow her, but she's out in California and as an influencer. But I got to work with her last fall, and so Liberty of London really inspired her, kind of her project. She like that's kind of I feel like a part of her brand that like look.
0: Oh, I need to look her up. What yeah, is she? you need to look her up. She's really
1: fun. Um, and she loves color. And so y'all like, there you go. She, I love her use of color and she's been doing recently all these different, um, all her shopping boards has been inspired by like a color palette and they're so beautiful. And it's
0: Mary and crew and she's Mary
1: and crew. Mm -hmm. And yes, she's on Instagram.
0: Okay. I'm going to follow her. Yeah. Yeah. Minnow and swim follow her too.
1: Yeah. She's, oh, she's got some great collaborations and things she's done and. Um, her style's really fun and she travels a lot too. So I, I love, I feel like I'm just also inspired by her photography and the places she goes and um, she travels too with her kids. So she's, you know, also like a great resource if you're like for tips of traveling with children and um, living a beautiful life with your
0: kids. So I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like there's yep. something I wanted to ask you and I, I don't want to like. <laughs> What else did I want to ask her about <laughs> the last thing I'm going to tell you? Okay. So the, the way I remember your name, Holly, mm-hmm. Holly, Holly hobby.
1: Oh yes. Yep. And I had, I had a Holly hobby quilt growing up. My, <laughs> my, my childhood quilt was a Holly hobby quilt. And I like, and what's crazy is Holly Holland's my married name. I know. Oh, that like a lot of people would think that was just like my parents specifically named me that. But like, no, that's my married name. And I love, I am obsessed with alliterations. I love alliterations, So I, I love that my name's Holly
0: Holland. I think it's fun. It's so cute. But yes, yeah, Holly really Hobby in the 80s. Like, I think I had that, I had that lunchbox. And <laughs> I, my, I don't know what year I had that birthday party. Uh-huh. I had a, a birthday party so every time i see your name or think of you i think of holly hobby and i'm like that's
1: oh, she does it. that'd be great i love it
0: <laughs> i'm sure she always gets that like hobby, hobby. i
1: know no one's ever said that to me before but i know what Are you're kidding? talking about and i love it yeah nobody's
0: ever said that to you before oh my god no
1: Mm-mm.
0: well they're missing out well i guess that's yeah. my, my age <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for spending yeah. part of the day with me i know yes. you Chloe's going to wake up soon and you need to go tend to her, but, um, I really enjoyed my time with you.
1: I know it was great to chat with you, Faith. I'm excited to continue listening to your podcast and, um, you've had some fun people on it. So I'm honored to get to be a part of it. Hey y'all, it's Faith.
0: Fun fact, my company Blue Bonnet Home is named after the state flower of Texas, which is a blue bonnet. So if you are out here taking pictures at any time with the blue bonnets, make sure and tag me on Instagram. I'm Blue Bonnet Home. Until next time.